podcast in the previous episode we heard how a Sikh from Kabul had bought a very fine expensive horse for Guru Hargobind he brought it back to Afghanistan from western Turkey the Rum area probably uh, around the Mediterranean uh, technically it's called Asia Minor and it was worth 125,000 it was an Iraqi horse Iraqi horses at that time were extremely sought after they were bred to be the best war horses. In fact, uh, at the end of Sarbal Grant, a text attributed to Guru Gomez Singh, there's a line, there's a bainti, a supplication, where it says, No lakh araki mala, that may my Khalsa receive 900,000 of these Iraqi horses. You know, the full passage is translated, it's available on manglajaran.com. So the horse trade uh, was actually super important to the Mughal Empire. You know, just to provide a little bit of context here to these stories, you know, firearms, matchlock rifles, and superior horses were a major reason why Babur was so successful in his campaign into the Indian subcontinent. Guru Nanak even recounts this, um, the first battle of Babur there uh, in his Gurbani. So controlling that horse trade meant that the Mughal Empire maintained a control of a valuable resource which, if amassed, could potentially start to crack holes in the armor of the empire. So just with that context in mind, we continue on with chapter 16. It starts off describing how Guru Hargobind was reflecting in his heart, hearing uh, the story from that Sikh who told him that Shah Jahan stole the horse. So Guru Hargobind was just reflecting that, man, Shah Jahan is such an idiot. He's been so disrespectful in this unjust act, stealing such a powerful horse. He's performed such a vile sin today and he would continue to do this in the future in such a way that the Sikhs might lose faith and love for us if they continue to do this and they won't continue to bring such invaluable horses and means to us knowing that, you know, they're just going to be stolen. They'll think, oh, the Turks are going to steal these strong horses away from us anyways, so why bring them? And they'll be afraid so they won't continue to search, locate them and to offer them in donation. So Guru Hargobind continued to think that, you know, I want Sikhi to spread far and wide. If Sikhs see us being strong-armed and taken advantage of, they'll lose faith in us. So from now on, we cannot keep relations with this new emperor, Shah Jahan. At some point, there will be conflict between us. And when we take that horse back, at that point, there's not going to be any company between us anymore. So Guru Hargobind was thinking that in his heart. Meanwhile, Shah Jahan, the emperor, had called over that horse that his soldiers had stolen from that Sikh from Gabal. He was eager to see it. And when he saw it in person, he was extremely happy. Shah Jahan walked up to the horse. He took off that crappy uh, fabric that that Sikh had put on it to disguise it, uh, to disguise that it was actually a poor horse. You know, he didn't want other people to see it, to be, you know, amazed by that horse. So he was trying to disguise it. He put on these fabrics. Shah Jahan, when he saw it, he took it off. He started to caress the horse, and he saw how beautiful that horse was. He was just about to mount the horse. He put his leg on the, on the stirrup. He was about to climb up. But at that very moment, Guru Hargobind had twisted the mind of the Emperor Shah Jahan. And midway, as his leg was just about to swing over, 
a thought arose in Shah Jahan's mind that, well, you know, this horse is probably tired from its great tra travels. I should probably just let it rest. And, you know, later after a few days, maybe two, three days, when it's all rested up, you know, we'll throw on a very nice saddle and then I'll take it out for a spin. I'll take it out for a ride. So the ministers around Shah Jahan, they heard that idea and they started to praise Shah Jahan saying, oh, you have such a great fortune. All the best items in the world come to you regardless of what anybody else tries to do if they're trying to deceive you or deceive people by hiding these items from you. Like, look how they try to deceive us by putting such old clothes on this, you know, extremely expensive and beautiful horse. Shah Jahan heard this, you know, he was really pleased with the sucking up that uh, these ministers were doing. He gave them money for their service before telling them, take really good care of this horse. Give it its supplies every day. Be sure to give it clarified butter and the good spices and masala. Give it the best of grass so it may eat with ease. So the ministers kept his horse close to them. You know, within eyesight, they had tied it up. They would always pass along, looking at it with great pleasure. It was such a beautiful horse. But on the second day of it being there in the stables, it started to get sick and weak. It wouldn't eat any food. It wouldn't drink any water. And, and in pain, it looked like it was just lifting up one leg. The servants seeing this were in shock. And they called the emperor. They said, Jahan, come look at this horse. There were a lot of ministers and servants who were also called you know, and they tried everything, you know, they couldn't make the horse well. They started telling the emperor that, listen, we cannot find the cause of illness. You know, we shouldn't keep this horse alongside the other fine horses in the stable. You know, it's quite possible that, you know, this illness might spread. Maybe the other horses will get sick. You know, they told him you should give this horse out to whoever wants it. And maybe after a while, it'll get better. Or maybe you just charge somebody a lot of money you sell it and you get rid of it. So the emperor was kind of sad hearing this news. He really wanted to ride the horse. But he thought, all right, well, there's this Ghazi. The Ghazi is an Islamic judge, essentially a priest who would adjudicate on important decisions. So there was this Ghazi named uh, Rustam Khan who would always recite the Quran and other prayers to Shah Jahan. He had a very large salary. He was always around Shah Jahan. So Shah Jahan just looked over, he saw him. And he said, you know, you should take this horse. Try to make it well, or otherwise just sell it off for a very hefty price. It's not even worth riding now. Somebody must have given it an evil eye or something to make it not well. All the other doctors came and they said they couldn't find a reason for the illness. So, you know, try to get rid of it, basically. So the Ghazi heard this, that he would be in charge of such a beautiful horse, and he was just delighted. He, over and over again, he bowed down to Shah Jahan, thanking him uh, before taking it to his place. So, you know, he started to uh, walk out of the fort. They traveled very slowly because the horse couldn't walk very well. And along the way back to his house, on that route, actually, they were going to pass the encampment of Guru Hargobind. So at that encampment, Guru Hargobind was seated on an elevated uh, position so he could see everybody kind of walking by there was a divan set up a court session at that time where a great amount of Sikhs were uh, sitting in with the Guru while this was happening and the horse was passing by Guru Hargobind the all-knowing was seated high up 
And when that horse came in front of the Devon session, it started to neigh very loudly. It started to yell out, cry out very loudly. And it was as if when coming in front of the Guru's Devan, um, the horse was saying something along the lines of, Oh, Guru Hargobind, the great power of the Mughal Empire is like a great pond. You know, I'm like a big elephant who's stuck in that pond. The Qazi is like a crocodile which has caught my leg. Your nature is to save the poor. Everybody knows this. Please save me. Oh, treasure trove of grace. Please listen to my plea. So it was as if the horse was, was saying that in its painful cry out, its painful neigh. And Guru Hargobin at that time heard that painful neigh. He directed his eyesight towards the horse. And he asked the six who were sitting beside him. He said, you know, who's taking this horse along this path? That horse is obviously not well. It's walking very slow, painfully. So the six at that point, they looked over, they turned their heads around and they said, Oh, cherisher of the poor, this ill horse belongs to that Ghazi, Rustam Khan. So that Sikh from Kabul, he heard this, that they were talking about some horse. He got up to take a look. When he saw there was that horse that he had brought from, you know, like a world's away, he was just so happy. He yelled out to Guru Hargobin saying, Oh, Guru Hargobin, this is your horse. This is the one I brought for you. It's been separated for us, from us for some time, and now it's sick. I did what I could, but I couldn't bring it to you. The enemies took it away. And now look what state it's in. So please, Guru Hargobin, please take control of it and help it. Guru Hargobin saw the amount of love this sick had. And then he looked over at the Ghazi. He had sent his sick over and brought that Ghazi into the Divan, seating him with great respect amongst them all. When they asked him about the horse, the Qazi told him everything. He said, you know, somebody, some person was bringing it from Kabul, but the emperor, he requested it. The emperor was not able to mount the horse, even though he greatly wanted to, but after a few days, the horse got sick in the stables. The emperor thought at that time, well, you know, if this horse isn't fit for me, maybe just give it away till it gets better or sell it off. So that's why I'm taking it home now, to give it medicine to make it well. Guru Hargobin heard this and looked over to the horse while saying, If you want to sell it, then let us buy it off you and we'll make it well. The Ghazi heard this and said, Well, it's an expensive horse. But, you know, what can somebody give looking at his state now? It only has three legs, basically. You know, one leg he won't put on the ground, he just lifts it up. Originally, it was worth 100,000. It's so beautiful. It's as if somebody had just constructed it, like an art piece, you know, so strong and agile as well. Guru Hargobind replied saying, well, we'll give you money for it. You know, we want it. It's not even able to ride at the moment. It will be up to the true Guru if this horse gets better or not. But, you know, we'll treat it for many days and we'll see if it remains sick or not or if it gets better. But think about it, you know, you don't even know how to care for horses. You should, you know, get what you can from the horse now and sell it. We'll give you 10,000 rupees. Take it and be happy with the money. Only with really great fortune will this horse remain alive. We'll do what we can to bring it back to health, giving it medicine, caring for it. So you might as well take the money while you can. So the Kazi heard this and he thought, you know, maybe I should take the 10,000. Who knows if this horse will even live or not. It's just so sick right now. Guru Hargobind doesn't even know why it's sick. He's not even checked it out properly. If this horse dies, then I'll be left with nothing. 
you know, Guru Hargobind has means, offerings come from all around to donate to the Guru's house. He must be quite open-hearted if he's willing to just give 10K like this without even checking it out. He, was, he kept thinking that, you know, I'm not going to get much money from anybody else because of the state that it's in. And if it dies, you know, I'm not going to get any. So the Ghazi kept thinking about this. And eventually, eventually he agreed. He said, okay, Guru Hargobind, you can take the horse. For someone as holy as you, O Pirji, I could not disagree. Take the horse, make it well, and then ride it. But get out the money and give me the amount that you kindly suggested. Guru Hargobind heard this and said, well, you know, the congregation comes to offer money on festivals. When we get that money, we'll pay our people first who are on payroll, and then we'll give you the money. And only then we'll spend money on other things. But honestly, consider that money yours. Don't have any doubt in this. The money will come quick. The six will, you know, come from all around, offer me you know, money, donations, and I'll give that to you. And think about it, look, we live in your city, we're along your path on the way home, there's a lot of people here, don't worry about this, you can trust us. The Ghazi heard this and said, you know, well, I can't wait that long for the money, and you should check uh, the horse out properly, you know, I'm not going to take it back if it gets even more ill. Guru Hargobind heard this and said, don't be stupid, a good man wouldn't do that. To say something and then to do something else? Whoever goes against their word, you know, they're thrown into the house. So the Ghazi heard this and then wrote this agreement down that he was giving the horse for 10K. He wrote it down very carefully and got witness statements from other people there as he was quite worried. So he ended up handing over that horse, then taking that written agreement back home. Guru Hargobind at that point handed over the horse to the six who were managing the stables. They put a silk rope on the horse to hold it there, gave it medicine, gave it masala, like spices to make it well. Everyone there taking care of the horse was just blown away and super happy to have such an amazing horse in the stable. So this is how chapter 16 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear how the horse is recovering in the stables of Guru Hargobind, how the Sikh from Kabul is extremely happy that the horse has now finally made it into the Guru stables, and how the Qazi is getting a little pissed off with the entire arrangement. So that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, we're going to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharya Patreon page. <laughs>